630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Now Yamamoto, right wing to dry sidle into the blues end. He'll drive down that right wing. He'll get it out. Yamamoto scores! Kyler Yamamoto rips it home and the Oilers have a 5-4 lead. What a finish tonight in St. Louis. Kyler Yamamoto scores with 27.8 seconds on the clock and the Oilers get the 5-4 victory over the St. Louis Blues. Leon Dreisaitl continues to soar. He assists on that goal. He has three points tonight. He now has 31 points in 14 games on the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. A highly entertaining game, Rob. Back and forth they went. Blues very good in the first period. Koskinen had to hold the Oilers in it. Late goal by McDavid in the first, his 600th career point. The Oilers escape in a 1-1 tie. Two goals, eight seconds apart. In the second period for Edmonton, they lead 4-2 after two, and you're thinking, okay, can they nurse at home? Well, (laughs) no way. Too much action in this game. The Blues score two goals less than four minutes apart in the first eight minutes of the third, and we're tied. You know, we just flipped to the Kansas uh, City-Las Vegas Raiders game. So many NFL games now are high-scoring back and forth no teams ever out of it and then it often comes down to who can execute better mm-hmm. in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter well today in the final 68 seconds of the game Koskinen in a huge save off a wide open chance for the blues and then at the other end Yamo with the dramatic finish well that's what you need from a goaltender uh, a big save at a big moment uh, the Oilers got caught looking at the puck in their own zone and Ryan O'Reilly was standing out in front of the, the net by himself no one took him and he faced Koskinen one-on-one and Koskinen makes a big save the, the heroics or the excitement of the Yamamoto goal doesn't happen if, Yama, or if Koskinen doesn't make that save at that point. So yeah, the Oilers executed a little better. They capitalized on their chance. And uh, when I first went to Pittsburgh years and years ago, I played with Mario. And Mario used to say, have your stick on the ice. You're gonna, I'm going to get the puck to you. At some point, you're not going to expect it. I'm going to get the puck to you. And on the very last goal, Dry settles that player in the National Hockey League right now that can make the pass that no one expects. He had a guy on him against the boards he had a st louis defender between him and yamamoto and somehow he threads the puck through not only to yamamoto but in yamamoto's sweet spot so that he can one time the shot if yamamoto has to stop that all of a sudden the goaltender now gets to set and he's in position but he doesn't and the puck is on and off his stick so uh dry side a, a beautiful play at the end of the game and it's the the Oilers' excitement level in their games is, is seriously it's through the roof each and every night. They they are never out of a game, and unfortunately, no game is ever over when they have a lead either because they, uh, with the puck on their stick, are a fantastic hockey club. But they still leak chances, and that's what we saw tonight in a game that uh, was as exciting as any game you'll see but probably didn't have to be when you have a four-two lead late in, later in the third period. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, we, we said it going into the game. The Oilers uh, first in goals for, 18th in goals against. That'll probably creep up a, a little bit after tonight. But having said that, they got five on the sixth best defensive yep. team <laughs> in, in the league. So they go to 11-3. and three. The, the work will continue, but the bottom line is they, they find a way to pull it out. The Japanese Village goal light is on. I didn't think uh, necessarily that would happen tonight but we turn that on on 630ched.com whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game so you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer the Japanese village try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes reserve now at jvedmonton.ca so the official on that goal Darnell Nurse gets an assist as well Yamamoto his third of the season from Dreisaitl and Nurse at 1932 Leon Dreisaitl gets three points tonight He's leading the NHL in scoring. Mm-hmm. He has 31 points in 14 games, over two points per game. Which I just figured, he, he's on pace for 181 points. That is the kind of season that he has started out here with. I mean, I know that, uh, well, I, I can't say I know. I would imagine he's not going to keep up this pace through 82 games, but it seems like every night 
he has enough chances to have two or three or four or five points. Uh, he creates that many opportunities for his teammates. He can score from anywhere. And on his goal tonight, you and I were, were watching, and I, and I noted that the St. Louis Blues probably think they're in good position defensively. McDavid's carrying the puck from one side to the other because the goal scorer, Leon Dreisaitl, is way outside the box. He's at a bad angle. If the puck were to get through, I mean, he's the least likely player on the on the ice right now to score a goal just from where he was standing. But what we've seen with Leon is it doesn't matter where he is on the ice, where he gets the puck, he can one puck, one touch, or one, sh- oh, one, one time. time the puck from just about anywhere in the offensive zone and hit the net. And you pointed out, he said it wasn't, I, I, you don't think he got all his wood on it, and he probably didn't, but on a one-time shot, you just have to hit the net because the goalie is desperate to come across. That means there's going to be all kinds of openings, and that one goes between his legs. But he's able to create things out of nothing. 95% of the players in the National Hockey League wouldn't stand in that spot, and 99% wouldn't be able to hit the net from that spot. Yet he does it over and over again. So uh, we are fortunate in, in, in Edmonton to have Connor McDavid on the Edmonton Oilers. And I think people are now starting to recognize we're incredibly fortunate as well to have Leon Dreisaitl as he is having uh, a season that the NHL hasn't seen for over 20 years. The Oilers go one for three on the power play. The Blues, who have the second best power play in the NHL, go one for five. So both teams able to make it count this evening. Uh, The Oilers did have uh, a power play in the third period weren't able to get a goal that could have extended the lead at the time. And that's what's fascinating about Dreisaitl. And I, I, look, we talk about this a lot, but it, it continues to be a story. You touched on the, the angle that he's shooting from and how he can score from it, from anywhere. So if you're the Blues PK or anybody's PK, like well, what do you say, okay, go go out on dry sidle, but then you're leaving the front of the net open. You, you can't go out. I mean, again, the, the St. Louis Blues are going to look at their their PK on film tomorrow. And they're going to say, what did we do wrong? Because anytime you, you get scored on, you look to see what, what went wrong. And on that one, okay, the puck that uh, Connor gets through, they'll probably say, okay, we can't let the pass get through. But as far as covering Leon, well, he's way back there. He's like five feet off the boards. That's That's where we want him. We don't want him near the net. So the, the, I think the defender at that point, I think it might have been Falk, Falk down low, and he's, he's like, okay, look over my shoulder. Okay, I, got, I don't have to worry about him. Where's the, where's the most important person on the ice right now? But if you get the puck to him, Leon can put it in from anywhere, which is another reason why the Oilers' power play is so successful. Not only do they need grade-A scoring chances to score goals, I mean, for anyone else in the league, shooting from there, that's grade B or grade C. Like, we've seen him score from grade D from the goal line on the boards. We've seen one-timers where uh, you could give pros 20 shots and they won't hit the net. So if the Oilers not only can score in grade A, but grade B and grade C scoring chances, it's really hard to defend. And that's why the Oilers' power play is so successful. So 5-4, the Oilers take it in St. Louis. Man, a lot to talk about in this game. Let's go back to the sequence in the second period, the Oilers scored twice in eight seconds. Not a team record. The uh, team record is two goals in seven seconds. First of all, Nugent Hopkins from Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Nugent Hopkins finally <laughs> gets in the goal column. Well, we were giggling when the puck was flipped out by the, the Blues, and Yamamoto climbs the fence to grab it and keep it in. We're like, well, I mean, they got to get a little higher to get it over Yamo, but he, he, he does a nice job getting the puck in his hand, bringing it down. And the thing that the Oilers have with their lines, they have chemistry, so they know where players should be. So when Yamamoto gets the puck, he knows, okay, Leon's going to be down in the corner. So he gets the puck down there, and at that point, as the puck's going down there, R&H finds an open spot. He finds a quiet area is what we call it, somewhere where if the puck gets to him, he's got an opportunity to get a puck on net. And again, Leon, he has to get the puck through skates. He gets it, and on that one, it was a really nice play by R&H because the puck came in his feet blocked it with his skate, kicked it right away up to his, his stick and immediately shot it. And again, it wasn't a one-timer, but it was on and off his stick so quick that it fooled B- Billington going towards the net. Uh, it was a, a timely goal for the Oilers and a very important goal for r who, I mean, now he's on the season. Do you have one or two points tonight? I know he's got the goal for sure. I can't remember if he had an assist as Just well. Just had the goal tonight. So he's up to 18 points. eight point. shots on goal. Yeah, he's got 18 points on the season. And this is pretty good for a guy that only has one goal. But it, it, it just takes a little bit pressure off him for the, in the goal scoring part. But his 
nice start to the season continues, and that's the first of those two goals. So a $500 donation tonight to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They are giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. The second goal in the eight-second sequence, one that Ryan McLeod will not forget his first in the National Hockey League. No, again, another nice play. And the third line throughout the season has come up and it's been a different third line on different nights, but have come up with big goals. And this is one where the Oilers get a lead and when you play against a good team, you want to extend a lead. And the third line comes out. Turris makes a nice play at the blue line, keeping a puck in. Uh, he gets the, the puck down low to Fogel, who just drives the net. Now, Fogel's trying to take it to the net, go from forehand to backhand, muffles it. But all of a sudden, McLeod pops in there. And you can see they did a really nice job of keeping the camera on McLeod, and he was hunting the puck. He was trying to find where the puck's going to go, and again, without thinking just on and off his stick, back and doesn't allow Billington or Bennington to get uh, any opportunity to reset, and it goes through him as well. So a nice goal, and one that a reward for McLeod because he's played very well the last couple of games. He didn't have a good preseason. Went down to the minors, didn't pout down there, went down there, worked on things. And in the last couple of games, you're seeing a different McLeod. He's using his speed. He's getting involved. And on that one right there, he just hunts a puck down, puts it in. A very excited McLeod and a very excited Edmonton Oiler bench. I can tell you this. McLeod played 8.57 tonight, scored and won 9 out of 11 face-offs. So good for him. I question that. It seemed like he played a lot more than nine minutes in that game. I mean, they they ran three lines in the third period, and his was one of the three lines. I'm thinking somebody was asleep at the wheel in the St. Louis stats department. (laughs) Well, he made himself stand out. Oilers win 5-4 in St. Louis. As I mentioned, a lot to talk about. Not all of it positive for the Oilers tonight. The adjustment of the game that we wanted to see for pro-drain techs, for peace of mind down the line, start the game better, a better first period. And overall, it wasn't for the Oilers. The, fir- the first five minutes maybe was okay. There wasn't a lot going on. Then they took a penalty, got a-, a power play back as the Blues took a penalty, and then Nugent Hopkins got a penalty that negated that power play and gave St. Louis uh, another penalty. Kairou scored a power play goal. And now McDavid gets a goal, 4.1 seconds left in the period. So the Oilers, and, and I'm comfortable using the word, escape the first mm-hmm. period in a 1-1 tie because, they, again, huge reliance on their goaltender in the first period. Too much. I mean, it, it could have been maybe not a disaster, but it could have been a much larger hill to climb after the first. I agree. Uh, the Oilers very fortunate to come out of the first tie. Uh, McDavid with a nice play off of Hyman, but up until then it was the St. Louis Blues show and the Koskinen show. Uh, now... On this one, the Oilers didn't start as well, but you also got to give some credit. St. Louis is a much better team than a Detroit or a Buffalo. So part of the reason that the Oilers weren't as good as though St. Louis was better. But having said that, the Oilers, uh, some self-inflicted wounds in their own zone, uh, misreads, uh, miscommunication, uh, turnovers. And that just leads to more and more chances for St. Louis. And if Koskinen is not on his game to start it and, and play as well as he did, the Oilers could have been down two or three. So uh, very fortunate. But then again, they'll tell you, well, that's why we got Koskinen in net to make big saves at the right moment. And, and he did. In a game that he gave up four goals, he made a number of big saves that allowed the Edmonton Oilers to get the two points. So Michael is getting a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card excitement bet on it at river cree resort and casino he took the under i set the line earlier tonight and one and a half goals by the Oilers in the first period so they come in under they only got one so uh michael is getting the 50 bucks to river cree so the third period the oilers allowed two goals in 340 you know the the blues they came on. Yep. They, they, they came on, and that's been a challenge for the Oilers at time is at times defending, stopping the cycle. I do think St. Louis uh, ha- has a lot of skill. Oh, I mean, we were talking yes. during the game. You, you know, Cairo looked really good. Uh, you know, Robert Thomas looked really good. He had three assists tonight. They, they've had O'Reilly on the team. Barbashev got a goal. You know, David Perron is on their third line, and he looks like he's always I a mean, threat. Like their top nine is is pretty good. And they're missing their top player, Shen. Right. Tarasenko. I mean, they got some skilled players, a much more skilled team than we've seen in the past. St. Louis usually is a team that has a really good first line, and then they have three lines that will check you to death. Uh, they've got more skilled. Some of those young players they have were very, very good tonight, uh, but they were missing 
their, pro their second best defenseman and their top forward, and it was noticeable. But uh, you got to take advantage of that, and the Edmonton Oilers did. So, true. So, well, when you look at Edmonton's defending, and we've seen it for 14 games now, and we get it. It makes some people nervous. They do get hemmed in a little more than you'd like. You would have loved to close this game out with a with a quiet third period. Um, what do you see? I mean, I know on that one goal you noted Bouchard is is not tying up <laughs> the part of the guy's body he should be tying it up. Like, is it is it youth? Is it uh, mental errors? Well, what do you, what do you see? It's not youth because I mean, for example, the Buffalo game it was Keith and Cece that made the mistakes. Those guys aren't young. Uh, tonight on the Bouchard goal, it was the sorry the Tarasenko goal. Bouchard's covering him, and Bouchard's stick was actually on top of Tarasenko's head. I mean, the puck's coming across and you got your stick up in the air. Those are things you can learn. I think that the Oilers, uh, they, they, make, they misread plays in their own zone sometimes. And uh, sometimes they get caught with their first thought being offense instead of defense. They try to force some things at times. Now, having said that, part of the reasons they're such a good team offensively and why they lead the league in goals is they got those kind of players both up front and on the back end uh and sometimes because of that instead of winning games 3-1 you're winning games 5-4 you're good enough offensively to score five goals but you're not good enough defensively to shut them down at two so i think going forward this is the type of team the others have they they will try to outscore their mistakes um if they and i imagine they will be a very a uh, good team come the end of the year that's going to be a playoff team. They might try to make some moves at the deadline to bring a little bit stability. The, the, the one thing that we talked about in the preseason, you and I, who would the Oilers put out to in the last minute, minute and a half of a game to quiet the game down defensively? Right. I mean, l last year it was Larson. Well, this year right now, it, for some of these games, it's the last 10 minutes. Who are you going to put out there to really quiet the game down? And the Oilers don't have that subtle strong defensive type of player that when he's on the ice no nothing happens and no event shift comes the others don't have no event shifts they have big events both offensively and defensively because i just don't know they have the players on the back end yet that actually can make it a quiet third period Okay, so the Oilers take it 5-4. We'll check the out-of-town scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Calgary Flames getting a 4-0 shutout behind Dan Vladar tonight in Ottawa. The Ducks lead Vancouver 3-1 with 7.5 left in the third. Washington all over Pittsburgh 6-1 is the final. Rangers get by the Devils 4-3 in a shootout. And Boston knocking off the Montreal Canadiens 5-2. That Sunday nighter I was talking about is halfway through the third quarter it is Chiefs 17 Raiders 14 and the Chiefs are going to have a third and goal from about the probably six or six and a half of a penalty here looks like a penalty offside on the Raiders so Yamamoto gets the dramatic winner tonight with 27.8 seconds left and then we should mention talking about who do you put out well they put out Dreisaitl Hyman and McDavid and when the clock ran out, the Blues had just crossed center. They, they basically hemmed them in for 25 seconds. Well, it's funny because uh, Jack was talking about it on the TV telecast about the fact that St. Louis didn't pull their goalie off the faceoff. There's only, what, 15 seconds or so to go in the game, and they decided to wait until they got the puck in the offensive zone to pull their goalie. Well, they didn't. <laughs> they never got it out of their own zone as the tenacity of Hyman, the tenacity and the speed of McDavid and Drysaddle, uh, St. Louis couldn't do anything. And that's one way to shut down another team. Don't let them get their goalie out, and the Oilers didn't. Okay, let's go back to St. Louis. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. For tonight, uh, what did you see in this win for your club? Well, we had some uh, first for things. Nuge got his first one. McLeod got his first one. Yamo got a big goal at the end for us, which is uh, is good to see. Um, took too many penalties, but uh, they've got a very good power play. They put a lot of pucks on the net in their power play, and uh, so the penalty part of it wasn't uh, the good part. And we, you know, we gave up five or gave up four on a night where uh, we got to defend a little better. But we'll take the two points and move on. You talked about a couple of firsts. Maybe we'll talk about Ryan McLeod. Uh, first, any chuggle. Can you talk mm -hmm. about the specialty of that moment? Because Yamamoto just said he hasn't. He feels like the bench hasn't erupted that loud in quite some time. Yeah, everybody. He's a great kid. He works hard, and he's uh, 
you know, he's trying to find his way in the league. So let's get that first one under his belt is, is really good. It was a big goal for us. And, uh, you know, happy for him. Our players like him a lot. And uh, obviously they're happy to see him get the first one. He has to be doing some right things in order for his players to like him a lot. Can you talk yeah. about the energy he brings, not only on the ice, but also off the ice? Yeah, he's, a, he's just a good guy, you know. He's one of those guys who's always smiling, always upbeat, and uh, endears himself to his teammates, so they're very happy for him. And now Ryan Nugent Hopkins also getting on the board for 17 assists coming into yeah. this one. How, how nice is it to see him get rewarded with a goal? Well, he had lots of shots tonight. We've been telling him to shoot the puck, and so he finally found one found one in the back of the net. So that, uh, hopefully that gets, uh, you know, he's off the schneid a little bit, and uh, a few more start going in for him. One of the most underrated aspects of his game is a sneaky wrister. Are you surprised yeah. it took that long? Yeah, it does. He, he's, uh, he's got a great shot. It's just a matter of a little bit snake bit this year, but like I say, you get the first one in your belt, hopefully it opens the floodgates. A few weeks back, you talked about uh, the expecta expectation factor, I should say, about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl mm -hmm. and their ability to come through in clutch moments. Mm -hmm. Dreisaitl, a big play on that last goal. Yeah. Kali Yamamoto. I mean, how do you well, describe I mean, they're, that? They're, they go into every game, and their expectations are having an impact on the outcome of the game. And they both make, you know, great plays. And uh, I thought McDavid goal at the end of the first period was a huge goal for us after taking three penalties and, and uh, you know, not coming out the way we wanted to. So that was a huge goal. And then Dreisaitl makes a great play at the end. So they have an impact on the game, which is, uh, you know, if you ask them, that's what their expectations are every night. You talk about how incredible it is that Connor McDavid tonight becomes the sixth fastest player in NHL history to record 600 points. That's pretty good. <laughs> It's not bad. I'm, I'm glad I get to watch a lot of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, your goaltender, Miko Koskin, I know he led in four goals, but came up big in certain moments. Was, was excellent, made some big saves. We didn't defend very well in front of him. Uh, they throw a lot of pucks around that net, so he, uh, he had to make some big saves for us. Dave, what does this say about your club in terms of maybe not having the most complete efforts night in, night out, but you guys have 11 wins in 14 games. Yeah, it, it shows that we've, we've been doing some things all right to win, but we can get a lot better. I still think there's lots more to our game. Lots of, lots, uh, there's some detail in our game that needs to get cleaned up, but that being said, we're finding ways to win games. Okay, we'll now go to questions on Zoom. Jason Greger, go ahead. Dave, you mentioned areas you want to clean up. I'm assuming it's really only like your goals against five on five. Your penalty kill's good, your power play, your yeah. I'm, I'm always upset about the chances we give up. But, you know, like you said, our special teams have been pretty good. Our five-on-five -five scoring has been, I think we're top three in the league. But our five-on-five -five goals against is not, uh, not where it needs to be. And uh, there's different things. There's some defending issues that we've really got to dig into. We've got to be much harder in front of the net. Uh, you know, Miko was excellent tonight, but he, there's been a few that, you know, I'm sure he'd like to have back. So, so there's, there's just uh, there's a few things there and keeping the goals against down that is that has got to clean up as that's our biggest improvement needed. And uh, we'll continue to work on it. Uh, they're both they're both pretty good. They're they're both pretty good. Well, he's, he's, you know, he's a power forward that he's an interesting player that because when he plays center as a power forward, he's a, he's a strong defender, strong on the faceoffs, and you can use him in those situations. But then when him and Connor play together, he turns into more of a shooter. And uh, it's amazing that he has all those abilities to, to play different roles in the game. And, uh, you know, it just it just makes him a very versatile but just top top end player. Ryan McLeod comes in, and you know you talked to him earlier in the year. You wanted him to get to like have like one minute of the game where he was making an impact, and then up to two and three. And then he seems like he's really listened to that because tonight, you know, he was impactful. You know, four or five of his minutes. No, he was he was good. Hopefully, his game continues to build here. We've got. Uh, 
You know, the coach has been working hard with him. Brian Wiseman spent a lot of time with him, just going through a lot of video, just making sure he's very comfortable with uh, the things we're trying to do and getting him as comfortable as possible so he can just go out there and play. And uh, so he's, his game is coming. It's, uh, it's great to see him get rewarded for some of that work. Hopefully that'll jumpstart him uh, going here. But it's, uh, you know, he's moving the right direction. Go ahead, Mark. Always. Uh, yeah, he skated a couple days. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where he's at after pregame skate in Winnipeg. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, here we go. Dave, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you, Spec. All right, how you doing? Uh, you know, I guess I like, so echo what Jaden said. Like, I know you hate when your team goes up close. I get it. You don't like when your team goes up chance. I get it. You blow a four to lead. You don't like that, but. This was a bit of a different team. That's a really good team. They put a ton of pressure on the club. Uh, can you walk out of this one and, and feel a little better about giving up four goals than maybe more? No, you walk out of the you walk out of feeling good about a win. We found a way to win. But it's just like whether we won or whether we lost, there's there's things that we have to continue to work at in our game. And uh, you know, like I said, our goals against is we're giving up too many chances and we're and we're giving up too many goals. Uh, especially at five on five, so it's it's no different than win or lose. We, we're happy to win. You're you're happy to you know from a cloud getting a goal, Nuge getting a goal, Yamo getting a big goal and a goal and assist. He doubles his point output for the year. There's lots to be happy about. But that being said, we want to be a team that continues to improve, continues to get better. And there's spots in your game that you got to work on. That's what we got to concentrate on. One last one. Dave, sorry, one more over here. You talked about Kyler Yamamoto doubling his output. It took him a month almost uh, to get his first goal. Now he's got three goals this month and an assist. Mm -hmm. Have you seen anything different from Kyler that he, maybe he's putting himself in better opportunities to put points? Yeah, on maybe a little bit. He's, you know, he's he's getting around places where he can find those pucks to to put in, open it up. He's being ready to shoot. You know, he can make plays in, in small areas, which is good. Drysaddle loves playing with them. So hopefully, uh, you know, you get a few goals under your belt, you get moving here a little bit. So it's good to see him get such a big goal tonight. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Oilers win 5-4 over the St. Louis Blues. It was an exciting high event game. <laughs> And Yamo gets the winner with 27.8 seconds on the clock. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. We have Tyler standing by. Hey, Tyler, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Um, just a, I have a couple quick questions for you. Um, also, quick comment on the first caller. Awesome to be the first caller. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to go back into the officiating over the last two overtime open lines, like. Uh, but that missed call on McDavid in front of the net there was brutal. But my question is, um, so Miko's been playing out of his head lately. Um, he's had, obviously, like we know that he's had a couple goals that he would like to take back. Um, if you're the Oilers brass, um, are you committed are you comfortable like riding this guy all year and then or or would you trade him now if Smith's able to come back you can't, you're not you, you can't trade Koskinen they no they they would they've been trying to trade Koskinen for 2 years no his it, contract it, it, does not allow him to be traded two uh you are waiting on Smith before you make a decision on goaltending i mean Koskinen is now what's he 9 and 1 on 9 and 1 9 and 1 on the season so uh, if if Smith is something happens where they find in the imaging that Smith is not going to be back, I'm not sure they're comfortable with Koskinen and Skinner as the goaltending. Yep. But I know they are more than comfortable having Smith and Koskinen as their goaltending duo for the season, including into the playoffs. Absolutely, 100. percent Okay, well that's they you guys just need. That's why I call. That's I'm asking the questions. I just thought like because I know that the talk around town is try to get him out of town and obviously his contract is a little bit absurd but i also i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say that i haven't been the biggest costing and supporter over the course of the last couple of years here but i will concede that this year he has played 
um, beyond my expectations. And and, and you got to remember too, he he's your backup goalie. You got a backup yeah, no. goalie that's nine and one, so yeah. th- that, that's pretty good. No, so no, if, yeah, if sure. Smith comes back and he's healthy, uh, this is what they were going into the season with. They that yeah. was their plan, Smith and Koskinen, and going forward next year, that they want Skinner to be part of this organization next year. Excuse me, part of this team next year. They're comfortable if an injury comes up. Skinner can now step up. He's given them two quality starts. Well, that that's the thing. I, I think now with Skinner, they they're probably comfortable playing him every third or fourth game if they got to go with if yes. Smith is out for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And hundred percent. I I totally agree with you. Now, guys. and who knows? You know, I understand why you and everybody else is asking, and I understand Koskinen's history, and I've been critical of some things about his game too, but. If if I'm going to criticize, I got I got to give him credit as well. No, 100%. I mean how how he might be playing in February or March when the deadline comes around. Well, you know, who point, knows and what goalies might be available. And or, at that point, you're hoping that Smith is healthy. And no, here's the thing. And here's another thing. And thanks, Tyler. We appreciate it. Here's another thing to remember. Okay, John Gibson, John Gibson, John Gibson. Anaheim's second in the Pacific Division. If Anaheim's right second now. in the Pacific Division at the trade line, that, 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 his name was out there because of the assumption that they were going to be a, Terrible. a, a poor team. Yep. So there's, there's, I, I get the question. If, if you were going to trade Koskinen totally as a hypothetical, then it'd be easier to do that later in the season because of the, the salary and the cap. But it, it, everything is on the back of, of Mike Smith and his injury. If he comes back and plays and plays like he did last year, that there, that's what they went with this year. Yeah. That's what their decision, and they're going to go with Smith and Koskinen, and Skinner is their safety. Okay, we're going to call a quick timeout here. It's eight twenty-nine. We got Adam up next on the phone line. You're also going to hear from Yamamoto, who got the dramatic game winner tonight. Oilers take it five-four in St. Louis. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Give it to O'Reilly. Now in over the line, off the left side. O'Reilly trying to get a shot, couldn't get one through. Loose puck, Perron back to the blue line. Here's Tarasenko, he's shot off the shoulder of Koskinen. Hard shot by Tarasenko. Oh, over to Perron. Pass to O'Reilly, great glove save made by Koskinen. He holds on as he absolutely snares that out of the air. Yeah, good outing by Koskinen, 35 stops. As the Oilers beat the Blues 5-4, that's your save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. You're going to hear from Kyler Yamamoto here in a second, but first we'll go to Adam on the phone line. Hey, Adam, thanks for calling. Hey, boys, how's it going? Good. Um, I really agree with you. Uh, Miko played good tonight, and I really enjoyed how Mac T on Friday night kind of explained it we all do get sweaty palms when we talk about miko but um he played great tonight i loved it um he seems like curtis joseph where he needs a lot of shots to be able to play good but um he's doing okay but my question is um more of a futuristic question when do you think because we have the team that we know that we are going to be for the next four or five years when do you think we're going to get the notoriety um, to be on the national stage, North American wide, um, getting the outdoor games? Like we have. Um, oh, I think Edmonton's going to have. Personally, I think Edmonton I will agree. have a game at Commonwealth Stadium next year or the year after. Personally, but I'm talking about not 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 like Commonwealth. I mean like uh, like um, Wrigley Field or like Fenway or. Uh, when would can, when would Edmonton go to one of those? rinks in play yeah, i think yeah. unlikely I, like I think north american you know like nbc cbc i just uh, i just don't think that an america i think they think that they would rather have two american cities playing in an american city i don't think edmonton really is on their radar so if they're having it in chicago they're gonna have chicago and some other big american market is what they want even with the boys that we have yeah they, it's all about market yeah you never know i mean if the oilers win two Stanley Cups in three years and you know I think it takes a Stanley Cup to make that happen I, honestly, yeah maybe I honestly I don't think I don't think even then I think they're looking at market share they want cities really? in the states where they're going to get I a mean, big Toronto market. and Montreal have played in outdoor games yeah in, in, in the Canada states. no in well, the states Toronto Montreal played in the states yes the Leafs played the wings in, in the outdoor oh, game oh I thought you meant against each other I'm like well, that was kind of weird well but the the Leafs and the wings are rivals so that's a big thing too. Edmonton doesn't have an American rival. 
and Toronto and Montreal are bigger market shares than Edmonton when it comes to the financial part of it. Yeah, a lot. Of the, it's how, about, it's how, about many, money. how many? I, you know, if you live, uh, I mean, if you, people in the, a lot of the northern states would know where Edmonton is. The further south you'd go, the less of a hockey yeah, fan you'd probably be, with some exceptions, and the less you would know. It's a big marketing game, is what it is. It's yeah. all about money. So having Edmonton in it is that going to boost their market share, boost boost their viewership? Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I'm guessing I the fact that they haven't played in it. The NHL or NBC, whoever puts it on, doesn't think it's going to boost their market share or make yeah, them more it's, a, it's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, it depends. Uh, I mean, if the team is just wildly successful and McDavid and Dreisaitl are just, you, you know, everywhere, then well, who knows? True, but I think I agree with you. I think it'll be in Edmonton before they'll be in the States. Oh, I think we're, we're going to have a Heritage Classic within a couple of years. I agree. Okay, we'll get back to your phone calls in a second. Yamo, the game winner with 27.8 seconds left. Here he is. Maybe just take us through what you saw on the play. Oh, it was a good pass by Nursey. Um, you know, kind of got in the middle. Um, kind of made a tight turn, um, you know, to Leo. And then you know, Leo, Leo kind of did the rest. Um, you know, took down the wall, a good tight turn. Um, you know, I tried to find some soft ice in the open ice, and, um, you know, he found me, and, um, you know, luckily I went in. You talked about finding soft ice. When you're playing with a guy like Leon Draisaitl, as you have for the last couple of years, how important is it to find those soft ice, one, and, and two, be ready at almost at all times because he has the ability to dish it for in the back end? I mean, if you find that soft ice, um, yeah, he's going to find you. So it's always, uh, you always got to be ready, and, um, yeah, you got to find that soft ice and just be ready. A couple of weeks ago, uh, your head coach talked about Connor and Leon's ability to come through in clutch moments and delivering despite high expectations each night. A big play by Leon on that goal. Can you talk about his ability to really come through in those clutch moments time and time again? It's unbelievable. Um, you know, his, uh, his, his eyesight on the ice, um, you know, Dave's eyesight on the ice, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, the way they can just make plays, those critical times, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, um, you know, hopefully they just keep doing it all year. I know you guys have been battling a little bit of adversity throughout this week, a little back and forth tonight. How did you see this one playing out overall? Um, yeah, I thought we played a good, a good team game. Um, you know, obviously, they came back in the third, but um, you know, our team didn't panic too much on the bench. Um, we just said stick to the game plan, and um, I think that's what we did. Um, you know, kind of just stuck to it and um, you know, found a way to win. When you have eight goals before your regulation winner, when you have eight goals throughout the span of the first 58 minutes of the hockey game, how do you stay even killed? How do you make sure that you're not riding too high or riding too low in a game like this? Oh, it's definitely tough. Um, you just got to play your game, um, you know, keep getting the puck in low, um, you know, working off the goal line, getting pucks to the net, um, stuff like that. Um, you know, pucks were going in tonight, so it's tough to stay even killed. But, um, you know, I think we, we did a pretty good job of it and, um, you know, found a way to execute and get W. Got to ask you about a close friend of yours. He gets his first NHL goal, Ryan McLeod. Uh, how excited are, are you for him? Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I mean, I think that was the most hyped I think I've seen our bench in a while. Uh, I mean, just seeing him get his first, it's uh, it's awesome, and I'm um, you know, really excited for him. When you see a guy score his first NHL goal, does it maybe bring you back a little memory of yours? I think yours came against Boston mm-hmm. at home. Does it maybe bring back some memories? Just how, how cool of a feeling it truly is? Uh, maybe a little bit, but, you know, I was just in the moment, um, you know, I was super, I was super excited, um, you know, see him score his first goal. Um, you know, maybe now, um, thinking about mine, uh, you know, it's a good time, but, um, you know, just seeing him, I was super excited for him. I'm glad he got it. What can you say about Ryan McLeod and what he brings to this club, not only just on the ice, but off the ice with his energy? Uh, he's just a really funny guy. Um, you know, likes to make people laugh. Um, super energetic. Um, just a really good guy in the locker room. Not, like on the ice, um, he's fast, tenacious. Um, you know, goes to those hard areas. So um, it's good to see him get his first one. Does he have the best smile in hockey? Uh, he might actually. <laughs> okay, we do have one question on Zoom. Jason Berger, go ahead. It's a four-point game. The tight end game to back and forth. Oh, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, just the way he's been playing. Um, you know, all throughout this year, um, especially this game. Um, you know, when we need a save, he's making it. So uh, he played unbelievable tonight, and um, you know, super happy he was in net tonight. And, you know, you're, obviously you're a big goal scorer all the junior. You score a goal like that, though. Can you talk about at that time of the game. 
Oh, it's huge. Um, you know, anytime you can get a game-winning goal, it's um, huge. And, um, you know, I'm definitely going to try to build off of that. That's Kyler Yamamoto. I saw Sportsnet Stats post this after the game. The 12th game-winning goal in Oilers team history scored in the final 30 seconds. It came with 27.8 on the clock as the Oilers win 5-4 over the Blues. Yamamoto's third of the season. He also got his first assist of the year tonight. Back to the Certainty hotline. We have Mike standing by. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling. How are you? Good, sir. Go ahead. Good. Well, first, I want to start off with uh, Reed, you owe me 20 bucks for my team shutting out your team in football today. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> uh, three, I uh, just have a couple of comments. I've heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true or not, that uh, we might be trading for Flurry. Your thoughts on that? Number two is um, our power play hasn't been looking as good as it is on home ice. Is it just because down in the States, the uh, ice is a little bit more bouncier or like what are your thoughts on that rob well i think part of it is the oilers were at an unattainable power play clip when they were at 50 percent uh i mean the nhl record's 33 and they were 17 percent higher than that so that's not something that they can sustain the whole year uh teams now they know that the oilers power play can beat them by itself so teams are better at uh, preparing for the Oilers and a lot of it is bounces there's there's a number of chances where the Oilers could have scored where the puck didn't bounce in for them or they got a, a big save or hit a post things like that uh, the Oilers power plays will lead the league by the end of the season uh, I don't know if it'll be 35% 30% 38% where it's going to be at but teams are going to do a much better job of trying to kill it they're going to do a much better job preparing to kill it so the Oilers, uh, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with the ice right now. I think it's more in the preparation by the other teams and a little bit of bad luck. Uh, the Oilers' power play on the road is 40%. At home, it's 43.5%. So pretty close. 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in. Ryan McLeod got his first NHL goal today. You will hear from him when we get back. Oilers win 5-4 in St. Louis. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Puck played in front of the net. Fogel in front of the net to McLeod. Scores! Ryan McLeod, first goal in the National Hockey League, has now given the Oilers a 4-2 lead. Two goals in eight seconds for the Edmonton Oilers. And- yeah, a special moment for Ryan McLeod as the Oilers beat the Blues 5-4. His first NHL goal. Here he is. Ryan, first NHL goal. Take us through the play and how it feels. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty surreal moment. Uh, you know, puck kind of was going to the net, and I was just kind of you know, coming down the middle, and it popped out, and I took a backhander, and the guys put their arms in there. I honestly couldn't even really see it go in, and, uh, you know, pretty surreal moment. Obviously, I dreamed about that as a kid, and, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, when you when you think about being a kid and you dream about playing in the NHL and then you dream of scoring in the NHL, just take us through what it means to you when you look back at your journey. Yeah, I mean, it just uh, you know, kind of puts in perspective how much you know, hard work's paid off. Uh, you know, it's a really cool moment. Uh, you know, I'm trying to kind of keep building on it. And it was a nice one, too, and it also came in a win, so that has to be an added bonus for you. For sure, yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was really nice we can get the win. Yeah, or maybe talk about the win. What did you see from your club tonight that you guys were able to prevail with the win? Yeah, I think we played, uh, you know, really good, uh, you know, most of the game. I kind of let him back into it there at the end. And, uh, you know, obviously, Yamo got a, you know, had a huge goal to, you know, kind of put us up to the top there. So it was, uh, it was a huge win for us. In the three games this week leading up to tonight, you guys face a little bit of adversity. You face a little bit of adversity again against a very tough blue squad. What do you think this win can do for your club moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we're on a little bit of a road trip here. So I think kind of just get the, the energy back into us and, uh, you know, we keep building on the wins. And uh, maybe talk about your goaltender Miko Koskinen because I know he let in. I know he let in four, but he made some pretty incredible saves to keep your team in it early. What did you see from him? Yeah, he was uh, he was unbelievable tonight. He uh, you know held us in that game at, at certain points. Uh, you know he did he did really well. So uh, you know we're we're happy for him. One of the things that two of your teammates have said so far is you bring a lot of energy to this club. How much is that a primary focus for you whenever you're up with the big club here? Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, 
you know, on the, on the you know, bottom six of the team, you kind of got to bring energy every night and uh, you know, kind of contribute that way to kind of you know, get the boys back in the game. So I'm just happy to you know, be able to do that. So you get your first NHL goal tonight. A close friend of yours, Kyler Yamamoto, scores a big one late. What does it mean for you to see him scoring a big moment like that? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, the whole bench you know, erupted uh, and everyone was super happy. So it's, uh, it was a you know, real special moment the whole game. Being up here, you get to play against a couple of, oh, sorry, not against, sorry, with a couple of the best players in the world. Drysaddle coming up here on that play what is it about Leon Dreisaitl that strikes you the most that maybe you get to appreciate more in person than anywhere else uh he does so much so many things uh so well uh I kind of just poise the puck he sees the ice so well and he's so uh you know big and makes such good plays he's uh you know it's really fun to watch out there did you get a chance to check your phone at all uh just yeah. quickly it was you know how to cut a couple of messages yeah who's the first person you're gonna call uh probably the parents excellent yeah. Okay, we'll take one question from Sue, Mark Second. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you're seemingly a different player this time up than the last time up here. You're more assertive, you're more comfortable, you're taking the ball a lot more. Can you tell us sort of what you tried to change and then what, you know, what you tried to make different from the first time you came up playing? Uh, yeah, I think just, uh, yeah, I think just playing with confidence. Uh, you know, kind of at the start of the season, I was kind of playing a little passive, and now I think um, you know, I'm feeling more comfortable, and uh, you know, playing with more confidence in my game, I think uh, it's going the right way. Yeah, it was a bit of a broken record. Uh, you know, obviously I need to change my game, and uh, you know, I think I'm you know, taking the right steps right now to, to do that, so hopefully we can keep rolling with it. All right, there's Ryan McLeod. Gets the goal from Fogel and Turris at 16-19 of the second period, helping the Oilers beat St. Louis 5-4. Good play by Turris to keep that puck in. It was, and he was an opportunity tonight to get a little more ice time, moved up in the lineup, and whenever you get an opportunity, you want to make sure that you are noticed in a good way. And that line uh, with Fogel and McLeod were noticed with a big goal and a, at a big moment. So uh, Turris is still trying to become a consistent player in a bottom six role, stay in the lineup on uh, each and every night, and plays like that will help him do that. We had the caller asking about outdoor games. Here's what's coming up this season. The Winter Classic on New Year's Day is a target field in Minneapolis. It'll be St. Louis against Minnesota. There's a stadium series game in February in Nashville, which is Tampa Bay and Nashville. And then there's a Heritage Classic on March 13th at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, which also has the Grey Cup in about a month. And that is going to be Toronto at Buffalo. Though it's in Hamilton. So I would think there'll be well, it's not that far from Buffalo either, but it's 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 listed as a Buffalo home game, even though it's closer to Toronto. I think there might be more Toronto fans in that in the stands that night. Well, Actually, if they had it in Buffalo, there might have been more Toronto fans as well. Well, that's a good point. And then Carolina is getting an outdoor game at at some point next well, season. And, and this goes to, goes back to the caller when he talks about uh, more notoriety and all that. Oilers winning Stanley Cups. Buffalo's had a few. I was played in a few of these games, and Buffalo has not been good forever. So it's not based on how good the team is or the stars on the team. or It's, it's based on well, other Pittsburgh's factors. Well, Pittsburgh's been in it because of Crosby. Well, but, but it's also but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good hockey market. This is the Buffalo Sabres, and they've been in a few of these. Buffalo has not been a good hockey club since Gilbert Perrault played there. So it's been a long, long time. It's St. Louis, Minnesota, relatively close together. Yep. I mean, I'm not... And, and Minnesota's a, a big hockey market in the United States. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting way to look at it. It's just we see – we know what the Oilers uh, – was it the game against Philly, I think, was on TNT. So the, ca- the, the cable channels are more likely to show Canadian teams because they're showing more games. Yes. Right. So – and if you have a more specialized uh, sports audience – or, you know, where it's more just hockey fans, they might say, well, I want to watch that team because I never see them. To the the bigger picture casual fan, they might be like, oh, Edmonton, I don't know, that's Gretzky's team. Is he still there? No, it's true. And in all honesty, if if you're going based on stars, I mean, the Oilers would be in every outdoor game. They'd play four a year. They've got the biggest star in the NHL, and right now they got the biggest two stars in the NHL. But it's there's other things they're looking in, other factors. Okay. Connor McDavid, career point number 600. 
today. Here he is. Drive your team's effort tonight. Yeah, you know, I thought, uh, you know, kind of a mixed bag tonight. I thought, uh, you know, our first wasn't great. Um, you know, Miko held us in it, and I thought our second was real good and probably deserved to, to be up. Uh, to be up. And, uh, you know, we gave it back to him, but I like the way he responded. A couple of weeks ago, your head coach talked about yours and Leon's ability to come through in big moments despite the expectations. Leon Drysaddle, of course, scoring tonight on the power play, but making a big play late in regulation. What can you say of his play in really clutch moments? Yeah, he's been great, honestly. You know, he's, uh, he's been on an absolute tear, and, you know, that whole line is, uh, is so dominant. So, um, you know, I thought uh, you know, they came through with a big play there at the end. Great shot by Yamo, too. I know he let in four goals, but he also made in a few great stops tonight. What can you say about your goaltender, Miko Koskin? Yeah, he was good. You know, he gave us a chance. Uh, I mean, that's how you can ask from your goalie. And, you know, I thought, uh, um, you know, again, we didn't start all that well. And, and he kind of held us in it with a couple of massive saves. And, um, yeah. Huge milestone for a player on your club, Ryan McLeod, scoring his first NHL goal. What does that do for the club when, when a guy gets on the board for the first time in his career? Yeah, it's exciting. You know, our bench was excited for him, and um, you know he's a guy that's come in and you know he works hard and um, you know doesn't get a a ton of uh, you know opportunity uh, offensively um, in terms of you know power play and whatnot. So for him to, to score a big goal for us. Uh, it was massive. You know, he's a great kid, and um, you know, really excited for him. What can you say about the energy that he brings to the lineup whenever he's called up? Yeah, you know, he, he always brings energy. He skates the puck through the middle. Um, he skates well. He's you know hard on draws and you know defends well and um, you know does everything he's asked um, you know to do. So um, it's nice that uh, you know to see him get rewarded there. Can you talk about Zach Hyman's play on your goal? Yeah, it was a great play. You know, Himes, uh, every time he touches the puck, he's, uh, he's a force and, you know, just got the, the edge on a guy and, and just kind of put it there. And, you know, I just tried to, uh, to get a stick on it. Going back to milestones, your first career at NHL game was right here in St. Louis. And tonight you score your first goal in St. Louis. Does, does that hold any specialty, like coming back here, knowing that it was your first NHL game? Is there any specialty of coming back to St. Louis? Um, you know, it's a it's a tough rink to play in. You know, they're a good team. Um, you know, they get they get uh, they they play hard, and you know, I thought uh, you know it's uh, it's always fun to come back to where you started. Um, you know, yeah. So I guess uh, yeah. All right, so the Oilers two and two with a game to go on their five game road trip. Just quickly, a couple stats that I mentioned: Nugent Hopkins eight shots on goal. Bouchard the leading. Ice time for the Oilers tonight, 23-46, one second more than Darnell Nurse. Both Ryan McLeod and Derek Ryan went 9 out of 11 for 82% in the faceoff circle. The Oilers won 62% of the faceoffs this evening, but the most important stat, Rob, they, they get the victory. An exciting one, 5-4 over the Blues. Now home and home coming up against the Jets. And there's certain games that you look forward to and certain matchups in a back-to-back against Winnipeg. Everyone knows what happened in the playoffs last year. Winnipeg Jets are still a good hockey club. They're starting to get healthy, and uh, you want to test yourself against the best teams. And right now, not only are the Oilers testing themselves against the Winnipeg Jets, the Winnipeg Jets are testing themselves against the Edmonton Oilers because the Oilers now are one of those elite teams. So teams are now trying to see how they measure up against the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers are 11-3 and on the season. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Game broadcast Tuesday, 4.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 6. Oilers at Jets. Get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. Rob and I have been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Yamo, the drama. 27.8 seconds left. He wins it. Edmonton 5, St. Louis 4. Thanks for listening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.